citizens of the verse today is february 22nd 2953 and welcome to another episode of citizen cast uh, we're a star citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development i'm your host way too geeky and today i'm joined by our regular who would probably show up even if i didn't seagard olson hello seagard hello just called me old faithful there you go, old faithful. I'm an old geezer, like a geyser, huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. So I'm Mr. very old regular. Faithful. <laughs> 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 uh, so, Mister Old Faithful, how has uh, how's it been the past couple of weeks? It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded last. Yeah, been up to? I would. You know, it's been good. It has been good. I've been I've been playing quite a bit in the PTU whenever I can, and uh, mm-hmm. played a little nice. bit in the PU, not a whole lot, but some. Yeah, I almost jumped into the PU the other day because um, I've been abstaining from the PTU because I just want to make sure, you know, that I just, you know, I played it a little bit, but I'm like, I'm just gonna wait now. Yeah, when everybody comes back around, um, I was gonna play in the PU the other day. Like a chill Saturday, and then um, like no one was on, so I was like, "Eh, yeah, I'll just watch TV." I've been trying <laughs> Where, to no, I think I played Mario Kart, <laughs> doing some stuff on the weekends, so for around the house and stuff lately. But I got some of the big chores yeah. out of the way, so. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I'll be around this weekend. I'm but sure. Saturday, Hopefully. I got to go visit some uh, relatives, but I'll be on Sunday for sure. Oh, nice. That's probably when I'll be on. My friends from college are coming into Brooklyn. Oh, very cool. Um, they move, they're the ones that moved to Jersey, and it's like, um, you know, they. Uh, I don't get to see them as much as I used to when they lived literally three blocks away. Oh. Um, yeah, they used to live in Brooklyn also, so it was really nice. But, uh, you know, I still get to see them on a pretty regular basis, at least. And when I'm around and they're around, it's hard. Hard to like be like, nah, I don't feel like it. Plus, I've never been that person uh, to say I don't feel like going out or doing anything. <laughs> so that was anyway. me in college. You're going where? Yeah. It's eight o'clock in the morning. I'll go. I didn't need those classes <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Oh God, I was bad with that in my first few years too. Yeah. I'll tell you. Uh, and then I had no choice but to to tighten tighten the reins or. Or, you know, decide a college education wasn't for me. That's right. Uh, yeah, I actually got a job coming out of college, but uh, you know, it was it was the surprise of the century for the everybody I knew. <laughs> I was one of, I got like job the day I got I graduated, I was hired. But uh but oh, wow. that is how you end up with it wasn't the military, but soon to follow was the military, which is do what I did in college, get to know all the deans personally and be kicked out at least twice. And, uh, <laughs> and you too can graduate with a 2.13 in business administration and go on to an illustrious care, a career of mediocrity in the army. Oh, jeez. Cut it out. Mediocre. Don't it's be so gotten me a long ways in this world. <laughs> I did, um, I did okay. Well, I did horribly my first two years and then had sort of a moment of clarity and did way better um my last two years Mm -hmm. where i think i had like a 
my, if you counted just my last two years, I think I had somewhere between 3.5 and 3.7, but it dragged my grade down to like, I think it was a 3.2 with the first, first half of my college. But in graduate school, I had a 3.9. There you go. Not me. Oh. I had uh, I had a, <laughs> I had an illustrious career uh, career high of a one point one nine one semester. That was good. Yeah, and you got to drink a lot of booze. You got to work at that one. That just doesn't come easy. People don't think that, but you have to work at it. It's- I didn't even drink until I was twenty one. I just hung out with my friends all the time. <laughs> uh, as soon as I left Crazy. the house, it was. Uh, I worked a lot. I did work during the summers yeah. and during every weekend I could, but uh, I was pretty much drunk all the time. Oh, I was good goodness. at it. Well, congrats. <laughs> um, I should congratulate my so father. Probably the worst long-term uh, investment he's ever made. <laughs> in so college. Dang it. In college. Afterwards, <laughs> I made it for him. There you go. Yeah, look at you now. You're a stand-up guy. Barely. I'm so um, heavy. <laughs> <coughs> Tottering. Well, I've actually been working out myself. Oh, oh. I started, yeah, I, I think I told you I have that smart mirror called the mirror. Oh, no, I've seen it, though. Um, That's cool. Uh, so, funny enough, sorry, folks, apparently this is fitness cast right now, or fatness cast, depending on how we want <laughs> right. to skew it. Um, but, like, I bought it um, right before the holidays of 2019 and it arrived like the end of 2019 and I was using it like two to four times, sometimes five times a week, you know, like really varied, but I tried to do it at least two, three times, you know, 30, 45 minute workout sessions or whatever. And the pandemic hit and you'd think like, Oh, yay, John, like now you can work out, at home and not have an issue and you don't have to worry about going to the gym. And instead I was just like, my bedroom was my place where I slept, where I worked because it was where my desk was. And it was where my mirror was because it's the only room in the house that could fit it. And I was just like, I just can't be in this room anymore. I gotta do something. So like, I would just like, I just couldn't get my, act together and really use it. And I did maybe a couple times, a few times between then and now. And then I was like, finally, I'm like, I'm almost 40. I don't like that. I'm huffing and puffing up the stairs. I don't like that stuff starting to hurt on my body. So I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta get this. Uh, It doesn't have to be a temple, but it also doesn't have to be a decrepit, you know, um, shack either so um yeah i started doing that work from home three days a week so that's like my lunch break i i'll do a workout so thankfully anyway yeah so my um, uh, father like my father always said if you got a good set of tools build a shed over them (laughs) (laughs) and never cultivate anything on your face that grows wild on your ass Two great words uh, of wisdom. That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, so we've had a couple weeks of uh, content to catch up on. Um, first and foremost was the Inside Star Citizen that could have just been called an Inside Star Citizen, but they decided to call it a special segment, The Journey to 4.0. Um, 
and it was all about building interiors. Um, and so the whole idea, you know, they've been talking about building interiors for a while. This was all about how they're going to breathe life into the verse via building interiors and populate the cities that we have right now, which are quite large and can be rich with gameplay <clears throat> as well as areas to move about. Um, this particular episode was predominantly concept art, um, but they did discuss some of the different gameplay possibilities. Um, so first and foremost, buildings will typically consist of their rooftops with the landing pads. We've seen these already. That's one of the different access points that you have. They may or may not be at the top, top of the building. They showed some imagery of, you know, different alternative entrances on the sides and lower within the building structure or having multiple different landing areas. Um, then below that will be maintenance areas, which, um, you know, should have some interesting gameplay opportunities. They showed off uh, residential and social spaces um, co commercial spaces like offices, restaurants, shopping areas, the lobbies, which included, you know, reception, shopping, communal areas, access points, and then an underground layer, which is like subways, sewers, maintenance tunnels, lower access points. Um, and they, they showed off sort of the concept that they've been thinking about is having several buildings connecting to a single transit hub. So they showed off a little bit of a mini hangar station with a cluster of buildings around it, as well as sort of a, a, like a subway access area. Um, so with the uh, residential area, I think what was interesting is uh, the fact that certainly it's going to be modular. There'll be a lot of different options for designs. They showed off a variety of different concepts from low end to high end and different sizes. Um, They'll have communal, uh, common social spaces as well. Um, so these would be potentially player-owned hubs and apartments, much larger than what we're seeing currently. Um, but then they also could be NPC-oriented locations. They showed one example of like a fancy high-end Hurston Dynamics apartment where someone was clearly murdered in that playing a part in an investigation mission. Um, then they showed off uh, commercial spaces. Uh, with, you know, different corporate-owned spaces like offices, laboratories, manufacturing, bars and restaurants, etc. Um, they showed off the lobbies with public transit options, basic restaurants like a food court style. Um, and, you know, they want these areas, all of the areas really, the habs, the lobbies to make sense um, based, uh, you know, their appearance to look like where you are currently. Um, so you're not going to see a dingy microtech lobby typically but you might see a dingy loreville or maybe slightly dingy area 18 lobby uh, then they showed off the underground which was also really interesting we might have tunnels connecting buildings there might be abandoned locations um, a way to avoid detection there might be access to more maintenance areas and the maintenance areas in in these buildings are going to drive essentially you know the um you know, the power management to the building, data storage, things like that. Um, and then with that underground, they also showed off, you know, options for like maybe having uh, underground racing or places where, you know, unsavory folks might be hiding equipment uh, and such. Uh, they did mention as well that this could change some of the skylines in the cities because much like when they went back to building bigger ships they realized that the 
interiors weren't big enough to accommodate metrics. Some of the buildings in the game are too small um, and need to be bigger in order to accommodate metrics. Uh, and last but not least, while they mentioned that we were looking at concept imagery right now, this is something that's about to go into production. Uh, so while it's not going to be here anytime soon, um, it is something that looks like it'll be unlocked after, you know, 4.0 is launched and, and fairly soon after would be my guess. Um, oh, and one more thing I didn't mention. They didn't necessarily say this, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Seagard, but the idea here is all of this stuff could be done procedurally. So it sounds like they're building out the the sort of building blocks for this so that you can quickly build out areas like Area 17 and Area 16, you know, uh, all around cities like Arc Or Corp, Microtech, etc. Um, what what were your thoughts on the episode, Seaguard? Excited? Did uh, did you catch it? I think you said you did. I think we spoke about it in between recordings. Seaguard? Sorry, it was on mute. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I was excited. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, it's ambitious. Um, I, 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 in my mind, I struggled to understand how a city, um, you know, every street, every building, everything could be, and every room in every building. <clears throat> could be built out, right? Um, yeah. And then not only, you know, you got to do that just on one city, you got to do that in all the cities, right? It's not like you're just going to, it's yeah. not, if they would have said, I'm just going to do this around area 18 and area 17 and area 16, got it, right? There's a boundary yeah. and, you know, it's maybe four blocks and it's every building and in that floor block area, something like that. But to do the whole city, um, man, that's mind boggling. Um, and then the second part was, I was like, I mean, am I ever really going to go down in the bottom? I, I may go down to the bottom, right? Uh, the bottom mm. street in area 18, um, all the way down mm. to the bottom. And I may, you know, go down there and try to get into some crime racket, but then I'm going to be like, who else is going to be down there? Pretty much yeah. just NPCs. Um, so the AI is going to have to be very sophisticated at that point to give you, give you a randomness of a, a purpose for going down there. Right. That's that's worth it. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely thought. Well, it I mean, was if neat. you think, of, I thought it was neat. If you, I was going to say, if you think about it, you know, someone like Twitch Pacheco, you know. Granted, Arc Corp isn't necessarily as safe as some of the other locations right. in Stanton, but Twitch is still kind of in a really, you know, easily accessible place. Absolutely. Long term, my guess is they're going to move her to something more like a maintenance tunnel or somewhere a little less conspicuous right. um, than that. Well, that's, and that's why I thought, like, if they're going to build missions down at the bottom of a building and the top of the building, and uh -huh. you're going to go to an area that's kind of like, you know, like a subterranean version of Area 18, it's just, you know, 20, you know, 
2,000 feet lower. And, you know, Twitch has a series of activities going on, then, like little mini missions. That'd be mm-hmm. cool. Be like a little, mm-hmm. you know, kind of going into a, um, into a, a site on a, on a miniature campaign, right? Go down there and follow a series of scripted mm-hmm. missions. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see that. But to do the whole city that way, I just go, hey, I want to put my little butt down right here and I'm going to go find adventure. It's going to be a lot of PvP. Mm. Um, and I do like the idea, though, on the other hand, of being able to pick my apartment and go down mm. and sit in the courtyard and talk to people, you know, talk to people who in, live in that courtyard. But again, most of them are going to be NPCs, you know. If there's nine NPCs for every person, <clears throat> you have a whole city. Unless we're all in one city, chances of running into another person somewhere randomly in the city is pretty slim. Um, so I, I'm intrigued by that. I, I definitely like mm. the idea of like um, the space stations themselves being bigger inside, you know, and more areas like that or um, Port Alasar being decked out, you know, bottom to top and yeah very very cool uh it just kind of blew me away right why i guess would be the question it would be great to be free reigning but i didn't get under i didn't understand it but i it was very cool the thought they're putting into it right yeah well my my guess is to enable more play area for missions yeah and like for instance you know and and i think now, now, granted, maybe some of this, maybe I'm over, overlooking it, like overreading, reaching here or whatever. But um, I think of it this way: if they can build the dynamic mission system, and the mission system in general to be not just the mission, but the tools to create missions, if they can build those to be as robust as they're building some of the other things, then you know what we can see is not just the pre-population of the city, but the pre-population of content. And I think the idea is to enable people when they go to a city to not have to make it a, I'm just going there for this quantum drive and then I'm out of here. Right. Right. So my guess, I don't think we're going to see a huge addition in terms of the space stations. I think the space stations will be more bare bones unless you go to like, I think Port Alisar will probably be a more robust space station than what we currently have. And, and, and beyond the ones that we have surrounding the verse or else they would have already replaced it. Let's face it. I think in terms of the areas, one, I think a lot of it does have to do with the residential you know, the ability to house players. And I think the majority of that is because you will likely not have the same amount of space to put all of the things that you get along your way anywhere outside of probably your hab, your hangar and your ship. Right. You know, those will be the big, if you have a big ship, that is, those will be the biggest spaces spaces for you to essentially put your things. And so I think that's how they'll, they'll, find a way to encourage you to have to go back to the cities every once in a while. Um, But then also, you know, um, then give you a reason to go there, not just because you live there. 
you could go to other cities for a specific reason. Um, the key, I think, will be the mission system being fully fleshed out. The I think my one fear is I don't they have to find a way to make it unique enough that it doesn't feel like it's a control. Correct. You know, control, control V. Right. And, you know, everything's a paste, everything, you know, everything looks the same. And, you know, they've already gone a pretty far way with this. Even the space stations, they've been able to make the layouts different and interesting um, where some of them do have a different feel. And but at the same time are easily na- navigatable because you sort of know, you know, every single one has a hab and hangers on the same floor. So I'm excited though. It looks like really cool. I'm especially excited about player apartments and things yeah, like it's that. It's definitely cool. Now, what uh, what type of apartment are you going to have? Are you going to have a high end bougie place? Or are you going to have a grungy place? Something in between? You know, uh, you know. I don't know. I have so many damn hangers. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I, I'm for me, I would probably want something. Um, I mean, a high end would be nice, but, Uh, I, I'd say high quality versus high end. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I had a lot of money, I would have a relatively small place, but everything in it would be, you know, high end. Yeah, that one with the piano in the middle of the floor, though, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, no, that definitely <laughs> looks cool. I have to admit. <laughs> I don't know if that was a hab or one of the social spaces, but it looks cool, whatever it was. It definitely did. Definitely did. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully this isn't a huge waste of time in order to not have gameplay. Well, I, I don't um, think I they think, would do that. I mean, I don't. Yeah. But I, I am very intrigued by it. All right. It's, mm. it's, uh, it's an, it's a incredible direction to head. I mean, you know, and especially when you think, you know, they got to make a hundred, you know, solar systems. Right. Um, yeah. And there's more than, an, you know, you know, like Chris has said in the past, the idea is that a solar system has more than enough to do. Right. There's a lot to yeah. do in a solar system. Yeah. So. Well, at least certain ones. <laughs> yeah. There will be somewhere it's not as, uh, as engaging. Right. There'll be some pass through systems, but you know, there's places also like Levski where it doesn't look like you'll have a permanent hab there, as far as I can tell, unless they change Levski um, dramatically. Right. It looks like you can rent a hab there and you could pit stop there, but it doesn't look like you can make that your home. Yeah, I, for me, I would almost like say that you, you know, it's, it, um, I kind of lost the bubble. There has to be a purpose to do it, right? Mm. I, I kind of lost a bubble, but I'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no worries. I'll leave it at that. There has to be a purpose for for what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, now, keeping on the ISC bandwagon here, the uh, ISC last week was all about 
server meshing, or so we thought. Um, we thought it'd be about, you know, sort of concrete plans that they had for server meshing. Mm -hmm. uh, instead, it was a little bit more about, uh, it was essentially interviewing people after they got out of the server meshing summit right. day two. Um, so they didn't really talk much about actual server meshing, except talking about how much of a big undertaking it is um, and some things like that. What what they did say, or, or a few things that came out for me from the from the meeting or the video was uh, one, uh, they have a lot of new people that they've added to the team since, since everyone went into quarantine. Definitely. And this has been one of the first times that they've been able to attend these in-person summits and meet. So right. uh, clearly they've been growing the team. And if they've been growing the team that's dealing with server meshing, that's a good sign in my opinion. Uh, for some reason, it sounded very much like they had not been doing as much work on server meshing prior as we thought they had been. Um, ultimately, however, you know there was a, a refinement on on uh, the uh, sort of in the um, uh, comms where I think it was Jake. If I'm, no, it wasn't Jake. It was Zylo. Kind of clarified that no, they've been working on server meshing. Um, and you could see it on the public roadmap even. It's more that this was about detailing the exact plans for getting it out this year. Right. The right. the step by steps, the the mission critical things that they needed to do. Yeah, technical um, execution. And then they had key, a roadmap. Exactly. They had the roadmap. They just needed to lay out the actual stops and refuel points and all yeah. that. Yeah, and they also talked about how this is this was also sort of talking about what worked with the implementation of PES, what didn't, how can we learn from the implementation of something as complicated as PES to approach tackling server meshing, mm -hmm. double checking that everyone's on the same page and there's no no missed um, construed uh, conversation, so that when they do dive into this year and start planning this, that they can do it more accurately than they did prior. Um, they also kind of highlighted that the biggest goal out of server meshing, or at least the first pass at it, is really to get pyro out. But also, and I, I'm confused by this too, and, and perhaps they'll clarify this or it'll be clearer down the road. But for some reason, when they talked about that, it also sounded like they were making, making it so that server meshing and pyro might not be as critically linked as as we thought right um, i definitely got that feel what now what do you think that might be do you think it's do you think what they're essentially saying is they're going to work on a dumb dumb server meshing like literally jump point transfers you to from one server to another but it's not true server meshing no i i interpreted i interpreted that the way you did but I interpreted that some of that was around the actual um, mechanism where um, you traverse in real time between the two, right? Mm -hmm. the games often go between different systems by going to a blank screen or giving you some pretty graphic and they're just loading another environment, right? Um, mm -hmm. They could do that in a heartbeat. And I think that's what they're kind of alluding to. Is that they could do that, 
and Pyro is yeah. basically built. Um, yeah. And you just suck that up until they get it fully meshed. Uh, and that might be what they do, right? Um, yeah. Because meshing, I do think meshing will happen this year, uh, the way they were describing it. They, they said a year. They said this year. Um, we know they've already yeah. started, but let's say first quarter, a year and a quarter to be, at, you know, be probably a little more accurate because they're going to run that into some things. My, I, yeah, I would guess it's going to be very similar to the rollout of 318. Right. Because it's going to cause instability at first, I'm sure. Um, the other thing uh, is that they talked about it being, you know, one of multiple episodes. So this was just the first um, episode on the summit. And one of the things that um, was said by Zylo in the, um, on the, on the site afterwards was the reason that they sort of took this approach supposedly, um, because I think some people don't really believe that. Um, I take it for what he said um, is for people who maybe not have been part of the community as long as the rest of us who haven't heard that much about server meshing, who recently joined because they do keep getting new community members, um, right? You know, pretty rapidly. So yeah, uh, what'd you think? Was this um, all you hoped for, or was it sort of a letdown? How'd you feel about it? I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was fine. Um, I I thought it was fine. Um, I was intrigued a little bit by it. You know, it's um, some of it. Some of it is you know. Like there was some flashing in on notes and things like that around the table, and you couldn't get much off of them. But uh, were they trying to um, put some items out there for us, or was it just kind of a a um, I don't know? I don't want to say a a false flag false flag event right i mean i believe they had the session mm-hmm. i do believe that and everything and i do believe they talked to him afterwards but they're very tight-lipped right about certain technical mm-hmm. things I, I think the main point come came across well is that they're working on it they're working on it hard they're excited about it like we are and it's coming down the road um but i yeah. don't think it was much more than that but i do think that was deliberate I do think someone said, "Yeah, we need to get this on everyone's radar." Is the next big event, right? Yeah, I would say my only thing, and I mean, I was a little bit disappointed, but only because the language around the episode before it aired didn't give me a a sense that what we were going to see was what we saw. And so I was expecting maybe a little bit more of like a Tony Z style type technical right. conversation about how they're going to implement it. And it sounds like uh, that that's what they're going to be getting at through the series of videos. But they didn't even tell us it was going to be one of a series. So like, you know, 
even then I might have been a little bit more primed to go, oh, this isn't going to go into that much detail. Um, so to me, it was just it was something I was super excited about that I was sort of like, oh, well, all right, well, good to know. But, you know, I wish it were something else. But that's okay. You know, I'm fine with it. Right, right. Um, it just wasn't – it also was a very long episode. It was, what, 20-something minutes for something that probably didn't need to take that long? Yeah, uh, but I do think it – yeah, yeah, it was. Um, it's always, you know, it's always, it's always hard with those because I, I know he struggles with topics every day that he can talk about, mm. um, you know, and I know that he also probably does struggle with getting people on there to talk about things because nobody wants to go in there. Uh, there's like, you know, there's a lot of people there who go, I don't want to be anywhere near a camera or a microphone because I'm going to slip and screwed up and lose my job. Right. Mm-hmm. These people are doing a job. Um, so I, I do think there's a certain amount of that, but yeah, I think the 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 campaign message, right? The messaging to the audience is that you know their audience is that we're working on it. It's coming. Big things are coming, right? Yeah, that that, and I think that message conveyed very very well. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I would it, love uh, to have you know had them say, "Hey, you know, endeavor and everything else," and. We have 50 new systems, but they're not going to release that. I'm telling you, they're not going to tell us that until Squadron 42 hits the ground. <clears throat> yeah. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, very, very true. Um, uh, okay, cool. So, um, sorry, I no, it's fine. got slightly, slightly distracted. Um, so... In terms of, um, yeah, I thought it was fine, ultimately. Um, Then we had a couple episodes of Star Citizen Live. Uh, The first one we got uh, two weeks ago uh, was meeting some of the members of the vehicle team. Uh, And they essentially, I I thought it was going to be more about the vehicles and the Q&A. Turned out that's not what it was. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, once again, sort of like womp womps. Uh, and this is just them not telling, not properly articulating what what the goal was. That's okay. Uh, but it was they pretty much discussed what what they do. They answered a few questions about right. sort of like building ships or whatever. But it wasn't super in depth. Nothing new. Um, then we got to meet the lighting team. Some members of the lighting team. They just so happened to be in the studio, and Jared was like, "Come on!" because someone canceled on him. Yeah. Uh, and then last but not least, and I think the important part of the episode, in my opinion, was Jared actually just pulled out a whiteboard oh, that. and professored, professored a conversation about the different development environments and the patch naming conventions found within um, their dev environment. So that essentially trying to explain why people who were confused could um, – about why 319 is going to be part of 318 branch and thinking it's going to be lame because it's 318, um, you know, they'll right. help them understand that that's not really what's important. So that was, that was that first SEL. It sounds like that part resonated with you. How'd you feel about the rest of the episode? I, I definitely, uh, I liked the whole episode, but I definitely, um, it's always, it's always funny that, you know, this 
it's fun to see the teams, the people who are actually doing it, because um, they're excited. Yeah. I mean, um, and, you know, they should be proud of what they do. It's not easy. I mean, it is software development. There's a lot of people who do software development and systems design and everything else. Uh, but it's unique. It's a form of entertainment versus, you know, yeah. someone slapping together technology so, so two business guys can talk together across the country. You know, it's, uh, they also deal with that stuff, right? I mean, um, so yeah, I, I definitely liked it. I definitely was, uh, you know, given that a lot of my background is project management and governance and, uh, you know, environments. I was an environmental environment management, uh, guy for a while. We were standing up, you know, testing and dev and QA and tearing them down for giant SAP setups in uh, North America and. Actually, at the time, it was the largest SIP deployment in the world. Uh, so uh, I, I could definitely appreciate it, uh, what he was describing. It was it was a, a very, actually, surprisingly good description uh, in layman's mm-hmm. terms. So I, kudos to him. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it was nice and, and light and fluffy, the first part, and it's okay. Nice. You know, like I, I watch pretty much everything. And, and I did watch the whole episode. It just wasn't, you know, it's not the same as getting answers on right. where ships are in the, you know, in, in things. But that's okay. Right. Um, the, one, the one thing I will say is that uh, in the future, he really needs to check his markers. Because I am that guy who has gone into a brand new conference room, picked up a set of markers and driven, written for the first time with a permanent marker on a dry race board. <laughs> Oh no! Oh yeah, it's like all right. First of all, who the hell put these in here? Oh no! I, I, cl- I figured out how to clean it off, so it was perfect. But yeah, there's ways. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Just not as easy. Uh, um, uh, last week's Star Citizen Live was the lore team, which I actually almost always like. I do too, personally. Uh, where was what's her name? Did she leave? Uh, no, but I think I think they were looking for more of the writers versus okay. the archivist, or yeah. maybe she just couldn't make it. Yeah, I guess she's there. Yeah, I don't I don't think Sherry left at least. Good, good. I always like seeing her on there. Sherry Heideberg, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the lore team was on six of them to talk about sort of like being part of the lore team and what their roles were, but also they talked about you know lore within the Stanton system and Pyro, right? I'll be honest in saying I am not going to do a ton of highlights about this. I, I agree. Um, yeah. However, yeah, you know, definitely take a look at it. But they did talk about, I think one of the interesting things they said was, you know, the question was, you know, is lore written or is the thing made first, essentially? Yeah, chicken or the right? egg. Which comes first? Yeah. And they said, you know, sometimes sometimes the lore comes first. Sometimes something's designed and it needs lore. It really depends. They they do both. Right. Um, you know, prime example they mentioned was Stanton itself, right? Stanton was was a fairly well fleshed out piece of lore before any code was written about Stanton. So, you know, in that instance, it was lore that begot a system. But then as they built the system, there might have been changes to lore. A prime example of changes to lore is Pyro. Right, Pyro was supposed to be pretty hospitable and and inhospitable rather, uh, and it and it is inhospitable, but it's 
they weren't supposed to be like settlements or anything like that. Right. But, you know, gameplay wise, they felt like it would be a really good sort of parallel to have Stanton next to Pyro and experience a system that, you know, had a lot of different factions that were, you know, competing for balance within the system. Um, and in addition to that, people who just wanted to escape the the clutches of the UEE. Um, so they did mention how not all of Pyro is lawless, just some people don't want to live under the under the control of the UEE. They also walk through different aspects of Stanton, uh, and and I think the big thing, and I think we've talked we talked about this even recently, the idea that within Stanton, because the corporations bought it, you know, the UEE has a lower presence compared to other systems, and the, you know, the different corporations have their own rules, and they are responsible for upholding UEE law. Right. So. Those were a few of my key takeaways. Takeaways definitely worth watching, in my opinion, if you like lore. Um, and they're also really kind of a funny group of people too. Yeah, they but are. What, what were your thoughts? I uh, I always like lore, and I think they they always do a good job. It is, um, it, it's it would I I like it. I, you know, I'm trying to just trying to describe um, in my own mind what I. Yeah, won't won't ham and haw anymore. I just I thought it was good, and it is always good to see that team. They're, well, they're all good teams. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but ham ha yeah, hamity ha but a ha but a ha but a ha yeah. Because I have no idea what I'm saying right now. No, that's okay. No worries. Um, so this week, actually, in my opinion, sounds really exciting and a little bit more in depth. I haven't seen what tomorrow's inside. Oh, tomorrow's Inside Star Citizen is about the mining improvements coming to 319. Oh, yes, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll hear about that. Uh, on Friday, they just announced the uh, speaker. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic, but they're bringing back the community anointed river guy, Will Hain, mm-hmm. uh, to talk about work foraging forging rivers on planets throughout the persistent universe. Uh, so I'm curious if we're going to hear any new developments on that or sort of some of the improvements. I'll be okay if it's sort of a retrospective of what we already heard, but I feel like we recently heard about rivers. So yeah, I'm hoping yeah. I'm hoping it's something, you know, interesting. I feel like poor Jared is just always sitting here like, Kind of like us. Hey, you want to be on the podcast? Right, (laughs) right. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Hey, you guys want to be on Star Citizen Live? And it's like this group of engineers and they're like, our developers, and they're like, "Uh, no, I'm good. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Guys, uh, that was an over-dramatization of developers, by the way. Um, There's all shapes and sizes and sorts of personalities on developers yeah. so no offense to those who are yeah. um so that should be good yep yeah so let's go ahead let's talk 318 so we're in open ptu finally finally yes what do you think when when are we going to see live i, I, I have a thought it actually was going to be last weekend um i thought for sure it, since they were working on it over the weekend it's so it, i mean 
it's good. I mean, you know, yeah, there's little glitches like I had holes in my Aurora when I got in it the other day. And, uh, but, you know, it's it's gotten me excited again, right? I mean, 318, it got me excited. I've been playing. And uh, not, you know, it, it just really opened up. I mean, I get giddy just watching, you know, my freaking Aurora CL with cargo on the back of it. It's just like, wow, we got a, we got cargo. You know, it's it's silly mm-hmm. stuff, but it you know what a difference. Um, and I haven't done yeah. any like the caves and junk like that, right? I mean, yeah, that's going to be even more incredible. So yeah, I think I think they they do need to go sooner than later. Uh, but but that's only uh, this weekend. But I'm basing that only on my specs of my machine and how I see it playing. Um, I get it that I others mean, it's been may not. Well, for me, yeah, yeah, so it's kind of how I feel, you know. But I do get it that the some only... people do have problems, right? So I had a few hitching issues, like once the server first loaded, but they've instituted a lot of changes in the patches since then to make you fully load before you start playing. Um, they. I've seen the transit system hitching a lot personally and kind of like going off track. They're making a lot of changes to the transit system. I, and today supposedly we're supposed to get more than one um, patch. They said multiple patches today. So I think they're trying to prepare a release candidate this week. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, I think it's, uh, they may, you know, it's a, such a different game than it used to be. Um, and it's mm-hmm. startling how much different it is even just between 17.5 and 18. I mean, it's just, I mean, there are so many things that I just love about this from the graphics, because mm-hmm. they do seem to be crisper for me, um, higher performance rates, um, you know, the ships, you know, it, uh, the auroras are, I mean, literally it, if the auroras had the vertical thrusters on their wings, they'd be done. I mean, they're, they're yeah. that close. I mean, they work perfectly. Um, well, plus gun storage, gun storage is big. Uh, you know, I was hauling stuff around just the other day and, you know, I was looking for a one SCU box, which I didn't have, but you know, I was, I ended up getting, buying a cargo box, didn't have quite enough room to put it inside the ship in the storage space. So I ended up just going and uh, filling up my box with the extra stuff I'd picked up and putting it right behind my seat. And I was good to go. But I just kept thinking that, wow, that three storage spots underneath my Aurora could have easily just been expanded carrying capacity for uniforms, cold weather uniforms, warm weather uniforms, mining equipment, tractor beams, medical supplies, food. Right. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to make you money. You just you can carry more stuff to be prepared. And uh and that alone yeah. is, you know, just makes that ship so much more fun. You know. Yeah. You know, so and I, I think that you know that's what people who have things like the Mustang and Aurora haven't really been able to enjoy up until this point. And and let's face it, the majority of people, that's what they have. That's, you know, the starter kits, the Pisces guys and the Auroras and, 
Mustangs and everything, you know, it's great for me. I've got 50 something ships. I can go fly, you know, any given time, but, um, yeah, I, you know, they got, they even have, you know, a skin or two for the Mustang and for the Auroras. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for those, you know, for those features. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm super excited and I know it's a huge patch and I think it's going to change how often I play the game uh, quite a bit. But I just, it's such a pain to go. I, you know what it is? I'm, even when I, I was at the beginning of the PTU, um, I am just like most people, it's hard to go back, uh, which is why I haven't really been playing. It's hard to go back. It is. And like every time I was getting a patch, I have to re download the whole game. So I was just like, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, that's another thing. Like, you know, just, you know, I think about where we were like a year ago, right? Yeah. You know, it, you just go look back through the notes and everything of where we were and where we are now. It's just friggin' amazing. I mean, you know, we can mm. leave things on the ground. We can go pick them up later. We can, you know, fly around. If our system, you know, if we get a 30K, we generally can restart, you know, back where we were. We don't lose our stuff. Um, you know, it used to just be that you lost a bunch of money. Um, you know, you can you can carry your skins inside your ship and you can change them when you get there for your, you know, for your ship. Um, everything is just more immersive. Yeah. So that's a hundred percent. That's the thing. I mean, that's, that's it for me. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm hoping it comes out this, this weekend at the very least. Right. Please, 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 please. Uh, so we had a roadmap roundup this week. A little update to the roadmap. Um, first up on release view, following card has been added to the 318 column. Um, and uh, it was the RSI Scorpius and Teres. Building, impl- implementing, and balancing RSI's EMP and Quantum jar- Jammer equipped fighter, the Scorpius and Teres, as a game ready vehicle. Uh, and then on the pro- progress tracker, they added, I think they meant Q1 and Q2, or either Q, maybe Q2, Q3. But it says, what, what it says at least is, with this publish, we're adding Q1 2023 and Q3 2023 schedules for downstream and upstream teams, respectively, with more teams uh, to be added in a subsequent publish. Oh, maybe it's the upstream and downstream or whatever. Either way, the following deliverables have been added to the progress tracker. Uh, New missions, salvage contracts with more civilian access to salvage ships. Contract brokers are offering salvage jobs for derelicts around LaGrange points around Stanton. These brokers charge a fee for their services. Um, This will require some buy-in, but the contractors are free to keep the salvage material for resale. Uh, This was also added to the release view of 319, the prior patch. So just in case anyone's wondering. Um, now, uh, next up was um, Duster Faction Outfits, developing multiple outfit variants for the Stanton gang, the Dusters. Um, and we've got Master Modes, implementing new modes to vehicles to manage their speed, components, and role-specific functions. And last but not least, Persistent Habs, previously removed from the USPU's 
schedule this deliverable returns to the progress tracker with this publish. Uh, did you did you see those updates, or is this your first time hearing? This it? is first time for for any of them, yeah, because I don't really look at that stuff too often. Oh yeah, and it happened at uh, six today. So the only thing I noticed, I heard, I was reading in in the chat today that the um, the master modes were added, but they were previously complete. So we are not sure what that means. I think I, I don't think they're executed in game yet. However, so I, I guess it depends on where where it shows up. I'm, I'll take a look later. I didn't have time to to peek at those, but persistent Habs shows kind of wrapping up around Q three patch. You know, in that September September time period. So um, I'm not sure if we're going to see that happen before server meshing. Um, but if we do, that would be really interesting. Either way, I'm excited. Right. Um, excellent. So, uh, tips and tricks. We did not have any submitted. Uh, any, any for you, sir? Yeah. So, um, well, I got one or two. Let's see. Uh, oh, a simple one. A very simple one. If you have... The uh, Hello Kitty helmet armor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from previous, you have, you know, like different, you have the demon, you have, yeah, Damon, Damon mm-hmm. helmet, um, Hello Kitty Sally helmet, which is kind of greenish. And then you have the kitten helmet. It has that kind of like pinkish armor or color. Mm-hmm. It goes perfectly. And these are all st- Star Kitty. Star, Star Kitty. Kitty. Whatever. <laughs> that armor that is that goes with it goes perfectly with the Valentine helmets. So you can wear oh, nice. which is Inquisitor armor, right? Which previously yeah. kind of just sat in my, my area and I didn't really use it. But you can actually use that helmet with it. Um and to be honest with you, every one of those armor sets looks pretty darn cool. Um you know when you put them on, I mean, they, they look good. I love the way the the flight suit is and everything else. So, uh so are you suggesting the star kitten armor with the, the core more helmets? Correct. And in addition, who don't want to look like the cat. Correct. If you don't want to look like the cat, (laughs) use that. Uh, and And it looks great. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nice look. Um, the flight suits on the core are more, um, but, uh, and those, those look good. Yeah. yeah. They look really, really good. I mean, you know, the, especially the white and pink one, I, I wasn't sure what I thought of that one. Um, but man, it looks great. It looks great. So I, I'm very pleased. I actually picked up all three and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, you know, so you got the star kitty now you can wear with the inquisitor armor. You know the Inquisitor armor basically is what it is with pink highlights with the with the, like the the core more mm-hmm. helmet and it looks good. So, uh, let's see what else did I figure out? Um, so I did a lot of stuff with uh, the stream deck and that uh, icon. Was it icon? Uh, I can't think of the place right now, but it's it's an icon set for Star Citizen. That the Icon City, that's what it is. And uh, fantastic. I've really been enjoying that. 
I've also been doing a lot, really kind of refining and polishing my voice attack stuff. Um, you know, if you're a solo player or if you like to just play in your, you know, with the group on discord and, um, chat occasionally, you know, I, that's what I've been doing. I basically mute myself on discord and let the, I use the voice attack. And then when I want to talk, I take myself off of mute and talk to the group, but you know, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of have my little engineer behind me or my cat running around and the parrot doing stuff (laughs) and the dog barking and chasing the cat. And I got the, you know, uh, whoever the, you know, the different characters are, um, you know, flying my ships and I've got different, like different voices assigned to different ships. So if I draw my Aurora, I can actually get the voice of the Aurora, which is the, the HCS voice attack. Um, or I can set up a bridge crew for my Connie. Um, it's kind of good to go, you know, helm, you know, lift off and, uh, now I can, in any of the hangers, I can say like heavy lift off and it'll lift me from the bottom all the way out up through a, through the overhead hatch and, and raise the landing gear and then turn it over to me. Um, or I could say in a, in a hangar that launch, you know, you launch out the side. Um, I could say just launch and it'll bring you up about five feet off the ground and retract my landing gear and let me take it out. Uh, I can, you know, boost for five seconds. I can, bring up quantum and, and jump on my command or on my mark. Um, I can tell the, my AI to assign crew to all my stations and it'll come up. Uh, It's got a lot. You got, you can play games like you can like question and answer games, you know, you know, what is, what is Stanton? Or you can say, Hey, tell me about Stanton. It'll tell you all about Stanton and the history of it. Um, or tell me about a quasar or what's the nearest galaxy. And so it's, it's pretty entertaining. Um, and then I've been working a lot with the face tracker. If um, this would be the tip. Uh, so if you're using a camera right now, trying to do face tracker, um, I picked this up from someone online. I'm sorry. I don't remember who it was, but zoom in close on your face. Don't sit farther back. I used to sit a little too farther back with a camera. The, the camera just, was in a normal place. I never zoomed in. I've zoomed in now and tweaked my lighting a little bit, and it's very, very good. It works excellent for me. Um, you know, when, and when you get the voice attack and you get the Toby eye tracker and, you, you know, and you've got the camera and everything for facial, the game suddenly starts to come alive. I mean, even more so than normal. So, uh, so those are all been good things. What else did I learn? Um, yeah, I, I guess that would be the, the biggest two tips right there. And then one thing I just mm-hmm. started, I'll try to give an update on it here in the next, next show. Um, I went out and picked up the Vive, uh, VR face tracker. It sits below the VR goggles and tracks your mouth, uh, supposedly a little more accurately. And the people have been using them in, with other games, um, that weren't necessarily set up for him, but I'm going to try because it's basically two cameras. I'm going to try to set that up to work with uh, Star Citizen, see if I can get the mouth even more accurate. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know why, but I, I think it would be neat to kind of like we've talked about it doing a character podcast or even doing like Seaguard's question, doing it from uh, the character in a bar or in the back of the ship while you're flying, you know. <laughs> 
mm-hmm. something like that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see. But uh, so I'm going to give that Excellent. a try. And if anyone else has already done it, that would be fantastic. Uh, I'm going to try it without yeah, the goggles feel to, first. Uh, feel free to let us know how it goes. Yeah. Uh, others as well. Um, I have no tips or tricks since I rarely have tips or tricks because this was supposed to be Chekhov's idea. <laughs> you know, you know what I did find out this kind of, it's not really a trip, I, a trick. It's knowledge, I guess. Um, I found sure. out on the, on the 135 by origin, it's, mm-hmm. it has a ramp in the back of it. The others do not. I thought you always. Yeah. Is that a storage or what? It's, it's cargo. Yeah, so, that's and, what I thought. Yeah, I didn't know that. The others don't have that. You actually go into the passenger area and open up a panel in the back and your cargo's in yeah. there. This actually drops a ramp down with four cargo spots on it. I think it's four, maybe more. Yeah, that's the cargo variant, right? <clears throat> yeah, I liked, I, I didn't know that, and uh, it's been cool. And I saw someone uh, put their friend in a Mustang cargo box. The guy crawled <laughs> in there, and they closed it up, and he flew him back. And he got out and he was like covered in ice. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So Yeah. So Oh, that's funny. So it doesn't it doesn't keep the environment, but it doesn't kill him either. Correct. Correct. He was in a suit, so he was okay. So Yeah. I thought that was funny. All right. So that would be a tip. You can pick your buddy up in a Mustang. There you go. Yeah. In three eighteen, I'm guessing. In uh yeah, three eighteen. So Well, that brings us to uh, for science of course this week nothing for science so you know <laughs> i guess yeah. the question is do you have anything for science i, I was trying <laughs> i was trying um i, I failed because i had a crash i had a 30k um but what i'm trying to do right now is prove whether you can fly out to in a small ship, draw a rock, um, mine for the, for a while, come back, sell your stuff, sleep in your ship, get up and repeat the next day, right? Um, mm-hmm. I want to see if you can actually stay in your ship because you're going to be on a pad uh, when you log out. I just want to see if mm. you can do that because I think that's the play style I'm going to play in 318 initially. Fly an Aurora ES yeah. out, um, and uh, try that. So, so that was for nice. science. I myself did nothing for science uh, this week, but we do have a question from Senor Seagard. Ah, um, very wise so man. You're, yes, friends with yes, Confucius, yes. they say. That's what they say. Um, confused, Confucius, whatever you want to call yourself. <laughs> he was Confucius. I was confused. <laughs> uh, so Seagard's last question was, how important to you is putting AI on the multiplayer ships for immersion as crew? Gunners, uh, AI guards, etc. cetera. Uh, so we actually got our first text submission in a while. Um, anonymous. I will say, um, you know, it is, uh, it is something that, uh, 
the the answer to this wasn't exactly uh you know i think what you were asking but no worries uh it's all good you, know, you can read it how you can read it into it how you want uh but the the question was um or, or i guess he had said was i really wish i had an accountant or bookkeeper that could give me trade discounts or would randomly tell me about secret deals uh, so it sounds like more like AI and NPCs in general. Right. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you want an accountant or bookkeeper on your ship. Um, he also said, uh, and I'm assuming he's a he, they said, I also wish there was a new mercenary mission that utilized the sniper rifle, like a downed nine-tailed ship on a planet, but it wouldn't give you the number of enemies until you got inside the ship and accessed a crew manifest. That sounds cool. Um, Oshirigami said, I think AI is generally not immersive as they act like, well, video game AI and not people. Um, yeah, especially right now, but you never know. We could act like what, what Seaguard has in his ears most of the time. And that could be some semi immersive, um, yeasty dynasty, <laughs> my favorite name, <laughs> Uh, said the single player gamer in me says it is somewhat important. That's just my preference for playing the game. Um, Heisenberg said, I'd say put it in, but make it optional. Make it to where you can hire the AI. That way you have people who would rather play by themselves happy and multi-crews happy too. Or multiplayer crews happy to. My main concern with AI and ships is the balancing they would have to do. Man turrets may become overpowered if not done right. So would the engineer role. So would the engineer role. Lots of work for the devs on this one, but would be worth it if executed properly. All I gotta say is I hope the bartender on my 890 is better than the one in Area 18. Uh, yes, we all hope <laughs> the bartenders are better everywhere. Uh, for when we do have those random org holiday celebration type things. Uh, CN Fries said, it would be really fun to have some backup on bunkers if you go solo and have them come in like on a hover quad and revive you or go with you and stay at the back or follow you. It would also be fun to watch AI versus AI either on ground or in air or in space for testing reasons to see what armor or weapons I should use. Genly <laughs> uh, Annoyed, fighting for my second place uh, favorite name, said, um, essentially said, uh, AI for multi-cruise ships is a major priority for me. I am not a single player ship fan, but have such sporadic ability that I lose 70% of my ship's effectiveness when I solo a larger ship. I understand that AI would um, be no substitute for having a teammate on board, but something that lets you use your ship to 80% of its ability instead of the aforementioned 30% would be, would really increase the opportunities for, uh, for use with multi-crew ships uh, and their intended functionality. Calbert said, um, it would make crewing a ship you own more playable if you don't want to play with me or if you don't play with many people IRL, but it would need to come at an AUEC cost. Well, hopefully by then an, a UEC cost. Uh, but uh, 
I would also like to see the missions that you crew an AI ship like Bengal or Javelin through Vandal space or protecting AI convoy through pirated space. S. Gateman said, I'd really like to be able to have AI to offset the crew when I can't get enough um, real people to play. Also, I think at one point there was talk that a player who bedlogs on a ship would turn into an AI, which would help the immersion factor on long expeditions. Um, where real players come and go. The AI would take over duties for a while. At least I'd like that fe- at least I'd like that feature a lot. Sounds good. Um, Jim Jangles said, I agree with the single playability aspect. Many of us have large ships that will require multi-crew. It would be great if we could rely on AI to support their usability. I think it'd be interesting to hire and maintain AI crew, particularly if there was some kind of level up path or role training for AI to differentiate their abilities as well. Um, Canuck2099 said, AI crew will certainly be a thing. Too many backers have ships that they won't be able to crew without AI sailors, and CIG can't have that many players angry that they can't fly them. Yar said, um, despite being the owner of several large uh, and capital-class ships, um, I am hoping that the ability to hire AI... um, the ability to hire AI is carefully gated behind reputation barriers. If anyone who's paid cash for a capital ship is easily able to hire all AI crew they need, then I fear Star Citizen would certainly be crossing into the territory of a pay-to-win game. I feel that gaining the reputation necessary to retain a large crew should be a time-consuming task, and once acquired, keeping your crew alive should be a top priority. Captains who get... Um, Captains who get their whole crew killed should take a significant reputation hit um, and have difficulty finding AI crew willing to serve under them. Agreed, Nyar. I I also think, Nyar, the other thing is it's going to be extremely expensive besides the reputation piece. Um, So definitely, um, you know, that makes sense. I think there will be barriers to fully hiring AI crew. Uh, Genly Annoyed said, I think this is an area where the reduced effectiveness would come into play. A player-controlled cap relying on AI for turrets and support would be far less effective um, than the ship manned by actual players. I'm not expecting super AI helpers, just the ability to not have a completely underdefended fire arc to at least deter attackers. If rep is to be tied to death on ships, why tie it to AI and make it global? But I fear this may break some of the emergent play and trial and error that brings about some of the special moments. In the end, a system that allows single players to use their ship to the same effect as an NPC crew that no one seems to have an issue with should open up a lot of opportunity that penalizing their use would seem more restrictive than enabling. Eager to see how it turns out. I agree, Jen Leonoid. Um, S. Gateman followed up. As an addition, I would also say the morale of the crew would be important. Having proper time for leisure and breaks and better living conditions would result in better NPC productivity. If morale goes too low, they might steal from you, sabotage you, or even sell your location to pirates. Selecting your crew should be more about each crewmate than just... um, 
than just saying I need to purchase a gunner. Uh, Gurfish, who I think is new here, said, I think the AI on ships is more, or at least I haven't recalled. So sorry if you have asked other things or said other things, Gurfish. I think the AI on ships is more important for roles like gunners or engineers, not necessarily for immersion. It would be way more important on a big capital ship. Uh, Mach 3 Generic said, if they plan on them being able to Agent Smith, to be Agent Smith, uh, vary. If not, meh. Meeting up with friends who play less regularly could be near impossible, and that would hurt the longevity of the verse. Uh, so those were all the responses. Um, Seagard, what, what are your thoughts on what people said, and, and, and what are your thoughts in per, you know, personally? Yeah, I- for me, I, on your question, you know, I do. I think that the AIs on station is good and everything, but I do think it would it's important to see it on some of the the. It would be more. It would be good to see it on some of the other ships, right? Um, you know, I would like to you know have a regular group that kind of hangs up my ship and sits in the seats and walks around and checks boxes. Uh, even one or two people, right? I mean. Um, I don't know. Just to me, that that seems kind of important. Um, but all the mm-hmm. all the all the ideas are good. I mean, that's exactly. I you know I want to see that breadth of things. Um, the turrets, you know, I do think it can make a big difference for people as they're playing to have some ability to defend themselves and to see the their you know certainly yeah. it's awesome to see all your guns going and you know it is it is cool, right. I mean, it's very cool. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be fun to do. Yeah. I would say we, we've heard a lot about at least their intentions for this, and certainly things can change. Um, I think the goal is to have um, – the goal is to have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of variability in the skill level of – the NPC and you really have to, I think a rep will come into play. NPC salaries will come into play. Like someone said, um, you know, treatment on ship and amenities on ship will come into play. Um, they have said that NPC crew will mutiny if, if they're not treated right. Or if you are constantly, you know, if you don't give them breaks, etc. Right. Um, plus there is that ability supposedly um, I think as um, who said it, it was um, Mach 3. Uh, supposedly, you're supposed to be able to, if you have AI crew members, your friends could choose to quote unquote Agent Smith into that person's role right. on your ship. Right. Um, so that you can quickly gr- jump into group play. So, you know, if I'm playing by myself and I want to start an expedition with some AI crew, I can do that. Might not be super effective, but it's sort of like soloing plus. Or maybe I have one or two other people, but if they have to log off, then those become NPC crew and other people can come right. and Agent Smith into roles as they come on board if they want to help. Right. So hopefully that is the case. Um, Seagard, what is your question for this week? Okay. So I just posted it. Um, so this one's, uh, I guess, a little bit of a take on the last Oh my one. God. I forgot to play the music. Okay. Play the music. Even. No, you, go, you okay. go ahead and then okay. we'll play it in transition. Let's say. Uh, so basically, this one is um, 
we have, you know, we have AI on stations and ships, uh, but outer space is really kind of, you know, empty. We just don't see the uh, NPC cargo, you know, civilian traffic, you know, fly or plying the trade lanes, landing, taking off and refueling around stations and, and everything else. So you really don't have to wait for, for docking permission or anything like that. Um, uh, you don't have to worry about collisions. It's it's kind of straightforward. So uh, based on all of that, you know, how important do you feel AI uh, traffic is for immersion? Would you like to see, you know, trade cutlasses or, uh, I'm sorry, freelancers and hallways and starfarers and taking off and landing and doing all those other things that ships do? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and you already have, what, three answers? Oh, do I? Yeah. 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 It's funny. Uh, it's been less than two minutes. So. <laughs> first one in was Honored Heretic. Yeah. Yeah. All right, to move into the Q&A, we'll play the song I forgot. Just, it's, it's a catchy <laughs> little tune. You know? <laughs> it's good. You did a good job. I laugh because every time it plays, I start doing a little like hand dancing uh, in my seat. Oh, yeah. But I always turn and look at myself in the mirror because I know I'm stupid and ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week we got one question from the audience. It came from Silver Valk. Uh, and he said on the latest episode of Inside Star Citizen, they discuss building interiors and player-owned habs. How do you envisage this functionality implemented in the PU? Silver Walker, are you from the UK? Because he's not. He's from he, he's from uh, South Africa, Port Moresby. Oh, okay. Port Moresby. Oh, okay. Is that Port Moresby? Because envisage gets used a lot in in countries outside of the u.s but yeah. not so much inside the u.s and i know uk uses it a lot yeah, he's a real nice we guy. use we use envision for anyone who doesn't uh for anyone who's not in the u.s yes. anyway how do you envi- envisage the functionality implemented in the pu do you think they will monetize ownership of real estate in star citizen the same way as ships where you can buy it with real money and or in-game currency do you think property will be tradable between players in game is this something you look forward to? I, for one, cannot wait to own my own apartment or build a base in some pretty valley that I've discovered. Uh, what do you What do you think, Seaguard? Is it going to be? Are they going to sell it? I think give, for real money. Given enough time, I, I don't know if they're going to sell it for real money, but I do think they'll sell it for in game money, and I think it will be already owned by people, not by not by real people, but by NPCs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, based on what they were describing. You know, I have to believe that a given section of planet is going to be owned by not only big businesses or by a district manager or somebody uh, for the company that owns that planet, but also they're going to have, you know, crime lords that kind of control the illicit side of things, right? Um, 
and just like in, you know, this is all virtual. So it's, it's all virtual until we show up and see it. So will there be trade activities going on to buy and sell drugs by the NPCs? Yeah. Um, will those happen where there's less security or where things are more run down? Probably. Um, so I think you might have your own habitat, but eventually you're going to be encroached on or approached by someone who has um, a bad attitude or needs a slight adjustment of their attitude. And uh, you can choose to confront it or, you know, or ignore it. But I think, yeah, I think they're going to have to do something like that. Uh, it just hmm. can't be, it's, I just can't imagine you can just wander freely and it's just a random chance you're going to run into, you know, a, a robber. I mean, you know, it should be more or mm-hmm. less in different areas and that's got to be driven by NBC play. So, yeah, I personally don't, I, I struggle with this. And, and as someone who is probably closer to a white knight than not, I don't quite know if they learned their lesson when they sold land claims. Uh, however, um, given that they haven't already sold um, player habs that you can buy, um, you know, considering they sell concepts of ships, I I have a I have a hope that. It's only in-game currency that they'll sell real estate for. Do I think you can trade property between players or sell it to, to people? Like essentially be a, almost like a, you know, I'm going to buy three floors of this tower and sell it like a little space real estate agent. Uh, I don't think so. I think what you can, that's my guess at least. Um, I think you will be able to give people access to your hab potentially. Or if there's like certain spaces in your hab, I think it'll behave similar to your ships in that way. Um, is it something I look forward to? Yes, I can't wait. You know, something you just kind of made me think of. Um, so my mind was wandering what little room it has in my skull. But yeah, anyway, it. <laughs> uh, so I envisioned why would I pay money for property in a game that's virtual? I would pay for the property for the experience, right? Um, so let's say I have property. They, they're they selling property, uh, let's say for dollars or even UEC. Um, uh-huh. And with your apartment and you buy, let's say, the low-end apartment, you're guaranteed to have different type of interactions that you wouldn't get if you were just a regular player uh-huh. renting. Right. It's almost like an extension, yeah. a level, right? So I wanna yeah. be I wanna go down a criminal line and I wanna be part of the criminal underworld. Well, it would almost be like the connections you make. Correct. Connections you make, yeah. the activities, maybe your house gets, you know, blown up or you know, you have to go on the run from the cops. You know, the police start showing up asking questions about what you're doing and you're framed. You know, but there's a whole series of like a miniature arc, you know, campaign arc around that property. That would be worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I'd be paying for the amenities and the location, like the view, every, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Well, that Excellent. too. But I, but I think you could do that for regular credits, right? But I would pay for yeah. I would pay for an arc like that. 
you know, oh, okay. three or four missions cool. and someone contacts you and, you know, it starts. Right. Excellent. Uh, so that those are all our questions. Feel free to ask folks additional questions coming into next week. Any uh, closing thoughts, Seagard? You know, I did. I, I, I got, um, so it, I, I saw an interesting thing today. Um, and I don't, you know, there was two things I was going to talk about. Um, but I'll, I'll just, the one that's jumping right off my head is, so I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Avenger one. So, good dogfighter, you know, everything else. And there was some little scandal recently about him and a lot of people were kind of down on him, but I just saw, and I hadn't been tracking any of that. Uh, there was various stuff around cheating in star citizen, right? But they just came, he came out with an interesting 20 minute video showing some things. And, um, he had a couple of people helped him, including apparently one person from CIG. Um, uh-huh kind of working on behalf as i understand it of cig to lay out some of the things that are being done out there in the cheating land and you know to me it, it was fascinating to look at and you know the as it was being described by avenger one you know it was like you know people are cheating and dog fighting and and there definitely it was i mean you could see you know a guy accelerating at 300 g's and you know it was showing up on his hud his acceleration was instant oh. i mean he could they literally had an app up on the screen of the guy's HUD that said, I want to teleport to Crusader. And he just appeared Crusader, right? You know, things like that and auto fire and all that. Um, But as I I looked at this and I said, you know, that does suck. They were, you know, they were clearly saying, no, this would be the end of star citizen. And I, and I thought about it and I went, you know what? I haven't run into anyone like that currently. (laughs) No, I've only been playing since 2013. Um, so, you know, it's like the big ocean, little shark kind of thing, or big bullet, little sky, or big sky, little bullet thing. Your your likelihood of running into that is not a big thing. And that the, the other part of it was that, um, yeah, it would it would suck to lose a you know a whole sea or something to a, you know an aurora that's all souped up. But it only really matters to me if I'm competing, and I, I'm just not competing in in Star Citizen. Right, I don't want to be hacked to death, um, certainly. Uh, but I think, in my mind, it didn't really matter to me because I'm not there. I'm not a care bear, but I also don't expect to win a fight if I get into it. <laughs> Fly what you can afford to lose, kind of is the motto. It should, and you should have. Um, so I was just, you know, I'm just kind of interested in what you think and what others might think about it. I mean, some people are definitely. You know, they're going to cheat. They're always going to cheat. You're never going to stop it. And some people think that's part of the game, and it's just fun. Um, to me, I don't want it to happen, but I don't care. Um, just kind of thoughts on it. And if you haven't seen it, go go check it out. It's I think it's a well-done video. I think he did a good job. Um, and it did shed some light on some interesting stuff. Uh, but what do you think? See, God, so sorry, but... I'm just messaged you. I had to run to the bathroom. Oh, okay. So okay. okay. So I, I literally, I literally just arrived back. I, I, I come back to. So what do you? Think? I messaged you in the chat. 
I was like, I was like, if I do not act fast, I'm going to have to find an alternate method. I'm looking at the bottles on my desk. Yeah. So, <laughs> my bladder was, yeah. was taught. <laughs> yeah. Well, you missed it. It was a speech of a lifetime. It was blithering as well. But anyway, it, it's, it, you know, I guess I'll leave it out there for everyone's thoughts and if they want to comment on it. But hacking is hacking has been around in every game I've ever been in. If you're looking to fight, yeah, it makes a big difference. I agree. But if you're just kind of doing your own thing and calling cargo and playing NPC characters, I'm I'm just not sure I see the 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 deal. I guess it's you know kind of like baseball cards; they're only valuable if you're trading them, right, or you're collecting them. The hacking. The hacking feature? No, that 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 fact that uh, Avenger One laid out some pretty astounding. Oh, you know. Hacking, oh, oh. Uh, oh proof I thought of you meant hacking, the ing- Oh, okay. Right, and yeah, I yeah. and I was thinking that it was very interesting, and it is kind of you know I I'd love to see it, it hacking eradicated from the game. And what he described is that CIG has a very strong presence dealing with this type of stuff, which I was pleased of. Yeah. Uh, but I really, in the end, I went, I don't give a shit. Hey, I, I, every, I mean, you and I both, I mean, we could go into a dogfight against an Aurora and be in an Idris and we're both going to go, we're going to die. Somehow this guy's yeah. going to kill us. Yeah. I could be maybe a useless turret gunner. That's right. That's right. I mean, <laughs> I could certainly tell you I could crash land more ships than uh, I could shoot down. Uh, Listen, but uh, just just like my FPS gameplay, you know, my FPS gameplay, <laughs> let's just face it, I am someone else's medical gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> That's really what exactly, I am. Exactly. Exactly. This is, it's not a race if the other guy's running for the goal and you, you just don't give a crap. <laughs> Yeah. I'd rather sit on the sideline and watch him run while I drink a beer. That's just me. That's right. I'll take the second place. That's like the racing, the racetracks. <laughs> the racetracks, I'm like, when are you going to institute the bars at the racetracks? Because that's what I want to be at. So uh, that was kind of the point of it. And uh, it'd be interesting if anyone gives us <laughs> feedback on that. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't think of the other one I had. I had another one that was kind of interesting. Uh, but it can't be that interesting because I forgot it. But I guess that would be my one discussion for today. Nice. <laughs> I I do not have any closing thoughts except for please, 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 three eighteen. Please, if 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 at all possible, PTU gods, please make it live by Friday. Oh. Yes, and I forgot I got one alibi. Oh, and I triggered your memory? I, I, I thought of my memory. This is it. I Excellent. saw Vimexio's face the other day. Oh, yeah, because he's been on... Um, the Twitch stream. Uh, yeah, yeah. Him I've seen and Grim. I saw Grim's face. He looks seen. very different. Yeah. Uh, well, I've, I've seen Grim before, um, but I have saw VMZO a few times. Yeah. Um, his face looks a little different than I expected, but it doesn't. Okay. You know how it is with the jarring experience. It's like, oh, it looks different than I expected, but I still like now. Yeah. Your voice seems like now it seems to match because I've seen your face, okay. kind of thing. A little disappointed. I kind of visioned you as about four foot one. I don't know. <laughs> no. 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 We don't know how tall he is. <laughs> no. But uh, so I I watched the Twitch stream the other day. It was it was really good, and I actually watched some of yeah. it in the background while I was working the other day. Also, 
uh, trying to catch up a little mm-hmm. bit in front of it. And uh, I enjoyed it a lot. And uh, just for the record, you won't see Sigurd on there as a subscriber, but I did do the three months. Uh, the uh, three months, um, not the top package, the middle package. Unfortunately, I didn't realize it didn't sign in with my Twitch account. I used a new Twitch account that I created on the fly by accident. Just can't remember what it was. The only thing I know is I changed my icon to my avatar to the Parley House symbol. So if you see that, oh nice, that's me. <laughs> so, Excellent. Just wanted to give you my support. Speaking of Parley, <coughs> speaking of Parley House Seaguard, um, we've had a link that's been changing every seven days. So I did go in and, and make a permanent link so that it wouldn't break every week. Oh, is that our is that our uh, link to the Parley House? Yeah, our link to the Parlay House change it changes every week, so I added a permanently link to it. Yeah. So now it's whatever that whatever it is slash Parlay House. So I'll add the, gotcha. the new link into the notes. Oh, good, good. Um, I just want you to know your administrator is an idiot. I know him personally. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first well, your backup of- administrator. <laughs> my- your backup administrator has caught wind. <laughs> I am- <laughs> It was the first of what I'd ever stood up. So, oh. <laughs> well, um, everybody, thanks so much for joining us this week. If you have any questions, yeah. uh, as always, you can submit them by email at citizencastsc at gmail.com. You can also DM our Twitter handle at citizencastsc. You could submit a message through our anchor. You could join our Citizen Cast Discord, which I will also look at to make sure that that link doesn't change, but I think I already made a permanent link for that. You can also text or leave a voicemail on our Google Voice number, 646-783-8154. And speaking of Parlay House, if you are looking for a crew, an org, or just some strange people to play with in between your solo sessions with your AI crew, (laughs) um, check out the community over at Parley house. It's a neutral zone for everybody to hang out, socialize, enjoy the best space sim the verse has to offer. Um, links for everything can be found below. Uh, also we all mentioned a few of them before, but a lot of our friends of the show are fellow content creators. So take a look at earth snorkel and undead pirates videos on YouTube uh, Cody, Admiral Cody and Calibri have created some really great music links to their star citizen soundtrack, including the tracks you hear on this very episode, um, can be found there. And of course, star jump has an amazing fleet viewer, w- uh, with friends of the show, Grimm and BMZO who put in a lot of work to create a really compelling tool and visually realistic versions of our ships so that you can take a look at your fleet in mass. And that, dear friends, wraps up another episode of Citizen Cast. Somehow we kept it to an hour and a half. That's not bad. Thanks again. Yeah, we'll see you next week, hopefully. Ugh, so sorry. I still can't believe it. I was like, uh, oh my god, I have to go to the bathroom. That is, that is funny <laughs> as heck. That is funny. <laughs> I, I, was, I was kind of rambling, but uh, I think they got the gist of it. Uh, I was like, oh, please, please don't make this a concise concise response yeah please no, 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 no. whatever you do yeah no it wasn't that go ahead 
It wasn't that rambly. It was just I was very fast. Yeah. Because <laughs> my bathroom's right here. And it, it was just, it was kind of, it, it's an interesting subject to me. And, you know, just seeing how people react to things. It's like in a while back when, you know, people were like down on pirating because they couldn't come together with a group of people to form a group. It doesn't mean pirating yeah. is dead. It just, yeah. you know, it's just not going to be as easy as you thought it was going to be. Uh, and, you know, the only guy getting any joy out of cheating is the guy cheating. Um, and, you know, I just don't think... How many encounters have we had with someone we could say, oh, he was cheating? I can't think of any. So None that I know yeah, of. I, mean, I haven't taken There's up the Aurora serious action, though. I mean, someone's going to pay. I open there up you a go. 